and welcome back to the In The Country podcast. This week I am joined again by Kate, my wonderful assistant editor, and today we are going to be talking about highlights with me, Holly Ella, and me, Kate Woodcock. If you are enjoying the In The Country podcast episodes so far, please do subscribe, rate, the episodes leave a review share it with your friends and family we would love 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 to get the words out there and we also love to see your screenshots of the various episodes that you're listening to um seeing where you're listening to them what you're doing is is so so great it you know it it makes it all worthwhile so please do tag us in a screenshot of you listening to this episode and we will be sure to share it on our social media This week, we are going to be talking about some of the most popular articles on our new website. So that's from how dogs can help you during the lockdown, seasonal reads with Amanda Owen, the Yorkshire Shepherdess, and also The Art of Bathing, which was written by Kate. So let's dive in. One of the articles that you all seem to be loving at the moment is how dogs can help you through this crazy time um and it's one that is very close to my heart because i absolutely love dogs it's no secret at all i have i have to say so i don't first off i don't have a dog um as i've mentioned previously i live in west london um and despite my husband and i both growing up outside of london him in rural scotland and me on in a kind of tiny village in the depths of surrey um we are we definitely consider ourselves dog people um that said uh we do agree that we would both really love a dog we would love a kind of proper country dog am i allowed to say that <laughs> um, bring a spaniel being top of the list for us Ooh. right now but, but um we don't consider it fair to for ourselves and the space that we have to do or lack thereof to do that in London. So um, I have a cat uh, called Artie who I rescued from Bassey um, four years ago maybe. Did you not know that? Artie the black cat. He's my lucky black cat. Oh, he's amazing. I'll I'll bring him onto FaceTime for you this week. Um, uh, And he, I have to say, amidst all this, he's such a good little soul. He's a great, and just having an animal. I, I got him when I was living alone um, and he was my little buddy and my sidekick. And just, I know I'm being controversial from the off because he's not a dog and I appreciate <laughs> a dog is a different entity and Holly's gonna tell me that in a minute. But um, the cat has been, he's a, real, he's a real part of our family. And he, you know, cuddles up to us in the evening and he's there when you come in the door and he, you know, yells at you just to say hi, give me some food. And everyone says cats are very selfish and he does keep to himself, but I really like, I find him a real solace and balm at the moment. So yeah, this piece was made me envious to have a dog at some point and um, jealous of people who do currently, because I imagine they are a huge support. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I, I obviously have, well, Bella has, um, James has Bella and I currently don't live with James so actually although I myself wrote the article from my own kind of experience I currently do not have a dog during this lockdown period of time (laughs) and well my god is it stressful well it's not stressful it's just 
you know, it's the comfort that they provide. And I completely agree with you. You know, we, up until recently, we had little Olive, um, our cat, and she was an absolute like hive of energy completely. And we have sort of said jokingly, you know, if she was here, she'd be causing absolute havoc and none of us would be bored whatsoever. Um, but there is something definitely about having having a dog to keep you company. And I, I'm lucky that I can go and do the horse morning and evening. Um, so I drive and I go and do him, which is great. And it travel. That is essential travel. It yeah. is essential travel, yes. And yeah, he definitely keeps me sane um, at the moment. And I kind of get that fixed that, that um, I would have if, if I had had a dog. Um, but I mean, controversially, she would share my bed. She would share our bed. And so <laughs> I'm kind of sleeping alone at the minute, which is really just pretty rubbish. Um, so... I, what I have enjoyed um, is people's um, videos and memes of their dogs. Particularly, have you seen any of the ones going around uh, with the kind of high-pitched helium balloon-esque dog voices attached to dogs? Have you seen any of these? Are they like oh. TikToks? They're, I think they are TikToks. Oh, also, sorry, just quickly while we're on this, I literally don't understand what TikTok is. Oh my gosh, so neither, but... I have downloaded it. You're a youngster. Yeah, I knew, well, I knew you. I'm too, apparently, I'm too old. It. My sisters have told me I'm too old. I need to be like a teenager for it. Um, and I'm not cool enough to have it. But I've downloaded it. I'm not going to be a creator, I don't think. But I do enjoy scrolling. I think the Grinch ones are some of my favourites. Um, yeah, the ones no about booping dogs on the nose and booping pets. It just, I just think they're brilliant. Um, so if you need a laugh, definitely so short. download it. Yeah, They're super short videos. Yeah, and you basically you like mime to the sound, right? Yeah, or you do dances which are going viral and things like that. But it is just if you need like a place of joy, a good scroll through TikTok will just absolutely have you in tears. Um, and Mum and I are going to learn a dance. We're not going to upload it, <laughs> we say, but we are going to try and learn a dance. Much okay, so this because TikTok is where flossing came from, right? I have no idea. Dance. I don't know. Do you know, the, do you know no. the flossing dance that went around at Christmas? Well, I've heard oh. of it, but I don't know. I wouldn't know where it came from. I also okay. have no idea how you do it either. It sounds fun. Oh, I can do it. Can you? Oh, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can actually do it. I was taught by some very, very young cousins at Christmas. Uh, um, and they were impressed, equally impressed that I could do it. But ever since then, I've kind of not had the confidence to ask anyone what TikTok is. So no. now I know. It is good. But on that point that you were saying, you know, when you've seen all these videos and memes going around, actually, you know, although I, you know, Bella is down the road with James, she's still, you know, part of the family sort of thing. Not having her here is tough, 100%. Although, don't tell James that because I probably feel more, <laughs> more like I miss the dog than I do him. But um, there's, there's a definite thing about seeing you know, and, and people who don't have dogs or have lost pets um, or are apart from their pets, literally, although I love seeing everybody's pictures of their dogs, videos of their dogs, stories of their dogs, it is hard. It is hard oh, to look it, at. Make it worse for you. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but then in, in a way, I'm like, oh, look, look at them. And also, people are getting puppies. Like, I see so many puppies. I know, I know. I think, I mean, I, again, I haven't 
previously had a puppy. So, but it just to me looks like a lot of a lot is required within that first period. But I guess people's reason maybe in the past for not getting them is not having the time those initial weeks that you need at home to train and to kind of ease them in to your hours and your lifestyle. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe that maybe it's a silver lining hopefully it's not a kind of um puppy is for life not just for lockdown yes and that you know for me when i was writing the article that was one of the real sticking points that so many of these animal um charities centers battersea included are that well they were firstly they were cleared out of pets before lockdown dogs mainly i think um or cats (laughs) um but mainly dogs and now they've obviously had to close their doors to the public due to you know um COVID-19 but there has been I don't think they've ever seen as many abandoned pets needing homes and you know they just seem to be inundated and there's everywhere that I've looked um in terms of um rehoming centers is exactly the same and it just fills me with absolutely my heart just hurts at the thought of all these pets being left um and abandoned because because you know people can't or won't look after them and these at these centers can't take them so what is happening to them is my main you know well we can't get out and about and do anything at the moment but um there are a few posts going around I've noticed um, of ways that you can help. So um, there's a um, rescue centre in North London who have put out a request uh, via Country Living magazine um, to say, calling all knitters to knit um, blankets for their kittens and they give dimensions um, that they would like you to have. And when I got Artie from Battersea, he came with a hand knitted blanket and for honestly holly i got it out of a cupboard probably a year after i got him and he went crazy oh and it was really sweet um oh Oh, maybe i'll look into that then yeah i mean my knitting skills aren't great i hate knitting terrible knitting but one good thing i've learned about pets um i don't know if this classes as um something you shouldn't do but uh it's really entertaining to give your cat catnip Oh, I thought he might be a bit stressed by uh, both of us working from home, lots of activity going on uh, in the house more so than usual when he normally gets to hang out on his own all day. Um, and also, selfishly, I just found someone wanted to know what would happen. Um, <laughs> and he, yeah, is now a fully formed addict. Oh. <laughs> oh, bless chasing that, chasing that Donald Trump stuffed uh, <laughs> cat. Oh God! See, it's making me miss animals now. Absolutely, because you don't you get the same love. You you do not get the same love and affection from a horse. I mean, get too close <laughs> and you on your feet, and you've got broken toes. Um, so yeah. Um, well, I, I feel like we should move on from dogs because it's just going to make me sad that okay. I don't have one in the house right now. Um, but- It was a great piece, really enjoyed it. If anyone wants to kind of read through and learn how pets can benefit you now and at any time, um, check out the piece on the site. Next up, we were gonna talk about um, the usual feature that we run in the magazine, um, which is the seasonal reads, where we invite um, a figure 
um, often an author, but in this case we spoke to Amanda, who is the Yorkshire, better known as the Yorkshire Shepherdess. Yes, yeah, so you, a lot of people will probably recognise um, Amanda from TV, from her show. Our Yorkshire Farm on Channel 5. Um, so I reached out to Amanda um, pretty much really because I thought, you know, shepherdess, sheep, lambs, spring would work really nicely. Um, and I have, I've watched the, the TV show, um, I think it's, it's in a number of series down the line. And so, and I knew she'd written, I knew she'd written um, a book. And so I thought she would be a great person to include. And she was, she came back. So she, Amanda has actually published, Amanda Owens has published three best-selling books, um, including The Adventures of a Yorkshire Shepherdess. Um, and Which I now have a copy of. Thank you very much. Have you read it yet? Uh, I haven't read it. I've read, read the kind of intro, which I love, and it gives a real insight into her, her life. And we put our little um, extract in the article, so it really gives you a taste of, of what her life is like and also what the what the kind of the way the book's written um which is really great what i loved about this piece holly was um the way that amanda spoke to you about um and i actually touched on this i think in the last podcast the way she spoke to you about her bookshelf yes. and the way she doesn't want a bookshelf to be a kind of pristine library that is looks great but no one kind of you're a bit fearful to what you can take out. She said her bookshelf is very much a mishmash collated over the years with creased spines and well-thumbed pages. Um, and she encourages her children to kind of dive in and pull things out. And And I thought that that visual was really strong and kind of, it just sounded great. I, book-wise, I have to confess, I hadn't read uh, of the books that she recommended, I think it was five in total. Um, I'd only heard of two. Um, my favourite, which is All Things Bright and Beautiful by James Herriot, um, who, for me, Amanda talks about her hugely fond memories of reading about um, the Herriot real-life kind of veterinary stories on the Yorkshire Dales um, as a child. And I also used to lose myself in these amazing, captivating, um, sometimes heartbreaking stories of real veterinary life um, in in Britain um, and I asked my mum if she could find my copy and she couldn't before oh. we went into town because <laughs> I would have loved to be reading that right now they're just really really wonderful stories and yeah I'm not surprised that she pulled them out yeah see I've I've never read I've never read James Herriot's books I think I maybe was a little bit too young born you know like the books that i would read growing up were sort of michael morpurgo or um heartland um and there was another one but i don't know i cannot remember what it was called about two girls on a farm oh, no i can't remember what it was called but yeah like you say the conversation that amanda and i had was just it, it was just amazing and we were just you know we were bouncing off of each other and we would we were just chatting um and and she was very right in that I think when I when I was a child, if I, you know, you, you do, I think you if, if something looks too neat, it almost looks like you can't touch it. And, you know, nowadays we, in, with our homes, we go for a very like minimalistic look and everything is really neat. But I, I do agree in that, you know, the, 
a good book should be kind of creased it should have i think she said you know teacup stains on it on on the cover and and i think it's really the way she spoke about her books and reading and encouraging her children to read was really really lovely and it's obviously a key part of of their their life and their their family life living in such an isolated place um one other one i would really like to mention was um hugely popular right now is uh charlie mackesy's the boy the mole the fox and the horse oh yeah um, so that was my choice that was, oh, that, was re- that was what yeah. i'm reading yeah yeah so i got that for christmas actually um after seeing his instagram posts you know coming up all over the place and being shared absolutely everywhere and if you have not got a copy or you have not heard of it i cannot you know i cannot urge you enough to go and have a look because and especially now you know the the kind of snippets the insights the illustrations are just so uplifting so heartwarming and it's just amazing it's absolutely it's an incredible book and i think it's one that is going to be you know timeless, timeless. yeah, yeah like, I, i'm going to imagine that i'm going to share this with my my kids you know at some point further down the line um and i think people are comparing it to you know the kind of new winnie the pooh type book because yeah. it's so so sweet really really sweet and um if you haven't seen it already um Charlie Maxey's Instagram. Um, he is now sharing daily inspiration um, and a new piece of work each day, focusing on primary um, workers, NHS workers, carers, um, and all those people who are keeping the country going. So um, definitely check out at Charlie Maxey on Instagram for your daily heartwarming fix. Uh, what are you reading at the minute, Kate? Have you are you reading anything to keep you? So, I have to confess, I thought this was going to be my dream time to start ferociously reading in that dedicated armchair under a perfectly positioned lamp and I was just going to be reading books a week Um, but I've struggled to settle my mind is a little bit frenetic as I'm sure everybody's is Um, good measure of anxiety in with um, you know uncertainty about when things how long we're going to be doing this for so um, I actually have gone back to um, a trilogy that I started last summer called A Discovery of Witches by Deborah Harkness. No, I haven't heard that. You haven't heard of it. Okay, so I know that you enjoyed The Witcher on Netflix because you talked about (laughs) that on um, your box sets to binge. Um, And I very much enjoyed The Witcher too. Um, If only that uh, Henry Cavill is could gladly be locked down with me anytime he wishes. Um, But a Discovery of Witches um, is, yeah, it's a trilogy um, and it was a bestseller. Um, the trilogy is called the All Souls Trilogy and um, the first, it's basically about vampires and witches, um, but it is fans of Twilight. It's a kind of, I don't want to sound patronising, but I would call it a grown-up Twilight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Not patronising um, at all. Kind of spat, and I really enjoyed the Twilight books. I did, and they, you know, they definitely did kind of something for me, and they kind of filled a, a literary um, requirement. Um, but yeah, these I just find them very. Uh, there's a lot of detail. I think the author um, is actually an historian. So the, the the second book that I'm on at the moment, Shadow of Night, the 
a vampire and a witch find themselves in 16th century England. Oh, wow. Uh, and so there's a lot about the plague coming yeah. and Shakespeare and, and kind of well-known literary characters that we knew in a sort of everyday setting. Mm. See, I used to love, I mean, it wasn't a book, but um, I think it was based on books. Um, True Blood. Did you ever watch the TV series? No, I didn't, but I know. It's reminding me of that. What you're saying is reminding me a little bit of that. um, Which was. What are you reading? (laughs) So, kind of similar to you, I wanted a bit of a break from like the madness of the world and especially business. I mean, obviously, everybody's pretty much everybody's business has been affected by by the outbreak and up until that point I was reading very slowly very slowly I might add I was reading um Richard Branson's autobiography um Losing My Virginity so I was reading that and pretty much because I'd heard that he had start he, he had started his business um you know his entrepreneurial journeys empire with a magazine um, a student magazine so that inspired me to to find out a little bit more but with everything I just thought that you know I didn't want to sit down and relax and read about business um, albeit inspirational business but I just didn't want to so you need something now, yeah exactly completely and um, and I am now reading um, it's called For the Love of Horses by Kelly Wilson so okay. When I went to New Zealand um, last year, um, following on from the first time I went, um, I was told about the Wilson sisters by the little girls that I was I was kind of au pairing for and um, working on the family farm. And they told me that they were literally the new, well, they were New Zealand's version of the Kardashians. Um, and if I hadn't heard of them, I had to go and watch their TV show and find out what about them, which I did. They very, very gladly caught me up to speed with that. And literally since then, I have been just amazed by the sisters. They've got such an innate kind of talent for communicating with horses. And what they do is they essentially, they rescue um, Kaimanawas, which are New Zealand's um, wild horses from slaughter essentially and um tame them rehabilitate them and either they keep them themselves or they sell them and you know recently i think kelly has been introducing uh schemes where you can learn and rehabilitate a kaimanawa with her so under her guidance and a lot of what they do is done at liberty with the horses so it's very natural based and I just think it's inspirational. So I, she gave me her book, um, her latest book, when I met her last January um, for an article, which was in last year's spring edition. And she signed it for me. And I hadn't yet got around to reading it. Um, and then one evening I was just like, you know what, I need some escape. I need to lose myself into something. And I used to read loads when I was younger and I loved it. But as I've grown up, I just, you know, everybody's mentally busy and and reading kind of just took a back seat until this madness and actually it is a really great form of escapism so i am loving that book so far well good that's exactly exactly it and i'm sort of hoping we talked a little bit didn't we about um forming habits out of this and the number of days it takes to form a habit yes um 
and I actually think with the amount of time in lockdown that we are still set to work and breathe and exhale our way through um, that for me I think a regular ritual and routine of reading um, would be great. Um, I know that people always say don't they I'm a bit of a holiday reader yes. and then you go on holiday and you power through four books in a week and I'm a real believer that the things that you find yourself doing on holiday I mean, depends if, if you're in Magaluf, like living your best life. Maybe that is your, maybe that is what you would like to be doing every day. But definitely for me on holiday, I find myself eating well, sleeping plenty and reading. And I think actually, yes, maybe they are the things that I really should be, um, should be doing right now. And that actually leads us into um, how we are dealing with lockdown. And I have to say the one thing I've really, really noticed that I've been more engaged with than ever before is cooking really I am, yeah i'm an enthusiastic cook i mean i'm a real foodie um i have to yeah, say actually, but you've baked me some things before which have been delicious um well i did hear my husband on a conference call this morning saying um i'm gonna put on so much weight kate's baking all the time i am <laughs> i am ferociously baking and and i'm taking a real the whole process for me now, because it's so difficult, or it was, thankfully this week is a bit brighter, but it has been difficult to get all the ingredients that you would want. And I mean that in a, in a first world sense. Um, you know, it was a bit of a joke um, in my area that no one could get eggs or flour. <laughs> they, seem to be, they seem to be the things that are gone. Yeah. Um, and so I, by no stretch of the imagination have we been short of food, but it's, it's made me reevaluate and like really look to how I stock my cupboards and in doing that I actually I find that we're eating better my mm -hmm. my confined household is eating better than ever before because nothing is wasted nothing can be wasted I last night cooked um, a spring risotto with some greens wow. um, and that will be today's lunch <laughs> um, and also you know we live in London and we eat out a fair bit and that's very much a part of our lifestyle, which, um, and you know, I come from a background, as does my husband, in hospitality. Um, so we are real loyal patrons of our local restaurants, um, all of whom we've been in touch with to say, are you delivering? Can we buy some vouchers to make sure you're still there in six months time? Um, and I think there's that real kind of community thing and um, that people are uh, reaching out to local businesses and restaurants and that kind of thing, which is lovely. Um, but, uh, and for example, in the first week of lockdown, um, one of our restaurants was selling off all the ingredients that they bought because they knew they were gonna have to close. Yes, so I remember I, you telling me. I got down there and I was like, yes, I will take the ricotta. Yes, I will take the eggs. Yes, what, what yeah, fine, just I'll take it from you. So um, yeah, I've really enjoyed um, rifling through all those recipe books that I've collected for years and really thinking about what I'm buying, planning meals, um, and obviously taking the time that I now have um, to kind of really get into preparing them and putting some music on and making the cooking and the setting of the table and the eating all part of part of a really lovely daily ritual, which um, I kind of, I think I sort of, I mean, maybe not to the same extent, but I definitely, my grandparents would have done I think my parents did for the most part, um, but now we just seem to rush it down to then watch TV. Um, so that for me has been a real, a bit of a bit of a learner that that's been my the first thing that I've noticed. No, I think that's really interesting. I think, I, you know, 
I'm gonna maybe controversially say that I haven't baked and food for me, I'm, I'm, I am a real foodie, I love food, but this whole lockdown thing for me, it's almost given me a, you know, I've thought about, I've thought about baking, I kind of want to, but I'm almost in a, I feel guilty going to the shop to buy baking stuff. And I know yeah, so yeah. many people are baking and that's great. That's amazing. I mean, we have baking stuff at home and, but I just feel like I can't go. I, I personally cannot, I don't feel like I can bring myself to go to the shop and buy. I just, I just don't, I'm not the one that does the, the, um, the household shop. So, yeah. you know, luckily I have my mum who wants, who wants to go and do that. I mean, she could send us, but she doesn't. Um, and it just feels odd for me to, I just, I just can't bring myself to do it. And also I have this whole lockdown thing for me, it has just inspired exercise. Um, and That's good. Yeah, it is good. Um, and I'm not in a, in a sense that I'm dieting. I'm, you know, I'm on this strict regime at all. I just know myself and I know that if I give in to the packet of Doritos that is sat in the pantry and I eat that, then it will follow with a packet of kettle chips or like I've got some lint chocolate in my room from Christmas and it is sat in the corner, just sat there. I will. I do not want to touch it, but it sat there. And it's not that I'm kind of mad dieting and I want to, I want to get fit, but I'm enjoying the exercise. I was saying to you, I went for a, a very long walk in my local area the other day and it was so lovely to just walk from my house as far as I could go and turn around and come back. And, and again, I'm lucky that I have the horse and we're able to ride on our private property. So a lot of us have all decided that hacking is not something that we're gonna do because of the kind of increased risk with the roads and the cars and people in their gardens who are all out and about doing things in their gardens. But that is kind of an increased risk to spook the horses, which could then, you know, God forbid, end up with us falling off and, and an accident happening. And obviously, anytime you get on a horse, there's risk. But anytime you go for a walk or go for a run or go for a bike ride, there's risk. So it's for us and for me, it's all about kind of limiting that as much as possible, whilst also keeping him fit and happy and healthy. And me, you know, the exercise. And also, it's a, it's a form of kind of therapy for me. But I think in terms of, you know, keeping busy at home and I'm sure there's so many people that that kind of feel this is that you have up and down days definitely and definitely. I was saying to you before we we recorded this that you know you've got dressed today as if not that you don't get dressed every day but you know you've got <laughs> properly dressed as if you were going to be going to work and things were normal I on the other hand I'm sat here in my big baggy jumper nice and cozy and for the last couple of days I've really struggled with that motivation to kind of work and do the normal things that actually today I sort of said to myself last night I am going to get back to this positive attitude and this positive mindset and it's worked and this morning I've had a really really positive morning I've been you know sending out invoices don't hate me I've been um you know scheduling articles and emailing people that need features um online 
but probably the, the biggest thing for me that that has really helped my mindset is journaling yeah that's cool so I, I, yeah i don't know if you keep a diary or a journal or anything you know like that i i used to i used to keep a diary probably until my i want to say kind of early 20s maybe the mm. kind of one or two post university years um but then i stopped and i haven't gone back to it but something i have done on and off for the last few years is um i write a list of um I try and do it first thing in the morning, but it's normally the first thing before I sit down to work. So nine o'clock-ish at my desk, I write 10 good things about that day. So it can be anything from, um, so today's list was, um, I blow dried my own hair, which obviously in lockdown has not been a priority for me at all. Um, but today I was like, I'm gonna do it. It's Friday, it's the weekend, I'm gonna do it. Um, I also decorated the house for Easter yesterday. And when I say decorated, please don't think there's like giant Easter eggs hanging from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> but I I did, I've put a few little, tied a few, you know, ribbons around ceramic, ceramic rabbits and positioned them around the house. Um, and last night I cooked, as I said, a really nice meal and I tried to turn our kitchen into our favorite restaurant. Um, served a nice bottle of wine and served. So I waited on my husband hand and foot <laughs> as I always do, nap. Um, but yeah, I kind of tried to, tried to just make a bit of an occasion. Um, and yeah, just things, just little things like that. Um, and uh, a friend of mine up the road who is in her, I want to say 80s, dear Hillary, at number four. Um, I anti-backed and then dropped a magazine that I was done with Aww. through the door. And she telephoned me last night to say how happy she was and how it was gonna kind of take up most of her day today to read that. Um, so that was one of my other good things. Just things like that. I try and write a list first thing, things I'm grateful for, even if it's just the sun is out. Um, yeah. my, my back doesn't hurt today because I did Pilates. You know, anything like that. I try and make that list first thing. Um, and it gives me a, a sense of calm in a world of chaos. Um, and for me, it, yes, it's just about those little rituals um, that I can bring into my day to try and try and yes, occupy the time and make the most of the time, but also be aware of the news and obviously be aware of what's going on um, in the great wide world, um, which is hugely important and to keep doing the right thing. I totally understand what you mean when you say the guilt of going out for something frivolous or luxurious. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, but uh, yeah, just trying to kind of keep keep your headspace and do the exercise and, and do those things. And another ritual that I've taken to, which I think quite a lot of people have, is a daily bath. Yes, yeah, see, I think I'm gonna have a bath this evening. Is it fr it's Friday as we're recording this. So I think I, I mean, I'm not gonna go out, because can't, but my Friday night out in is gonna be a bath, I think. I'm gonna have a nice, relaxing bath and I've read your article um which is online about the ritual of bathing and you know the kind of the benefits of that and although I don't normally think about it too much when I have a bath it kind of opened my eyes to the benefits that it can have and my back does really hurt from that really long walk that I went on so <laughs> to relax um I, I do think I'm gonna have a, I think I'm gonna have a bath and 
you know, for me, the journaling is just quickly like, you know, bouncing off to two. It's kind of like my end of the day. So I write about what I've done that day. And I'm ne- I'm not a very organized person, as you know. Um, but during this this time, we do have time on our hands. And so it's easier for for me and probably for a lot of people to kind of keep up with something that ordinarily you might drop. Um, so I I feel like I'm not going to forget to to kind of to journal and, and the same thing with you if you're if you're having a bath you know you want to do it because you have the time to do it so you almost it doesn't become something it becomes something that you you want to do and it's again like we were saying with the habits that are forming um you know I think by the end of this there's going to be a lot of people with new great habits I really hope so. I think the journaling is a great one. I have friends who are really making kind of documenting this time. Yes, people are calling them coronavirus diaries, aren't they? Yeah, it is. I mean, it is a really quite a seminal time in all our lives, which hopefully will be remembered as, you know, that strange time and we won't be going back to it again. Um, but on the topic of on the topic of your bath for this evening, may I recommend um, <laughs> running it properly? Um, so bath water should be about 36, 38 degrees centigrade. So I have learned. Interesting. Um, and you should set aside at least a good twenty minutes. I mean, it could be two and a half hours now. Yes. See, because this, I I always struggle with this idea because I think the idea of a bath is that you know and also when you run all of that water you kind of feel like you need to use it and so the idea of oh you've got to soak in the bath for an hour is kind of in the back of your mind but i think like you've just said that sweet spot of maybe 20 minutes is the optimum amount of time i think that needs to be the minimum i think you're right there's definitely a sort of um yeah try and make the most of the water especially if people are doing it more and more regularly um but there's lots of health benefits to it um improvement in circulation um kind of reducing you know inhaling steam helps reduce inflammation in the nasal passages um, and obviously the whole topic of cleanliness right now you know i find if i do go for a walk in the afternoon um yes mom i'm going every day i promise um when i come in i immediately want to have a shower or have a bath um even if you know you haven't really done anything or touched anyone it's kind of that psychological thing um but it yeah it helps uh, eliminate toxins in the body because it elevates your body temperature um so you can obviously sweat out toxins so there's you know since the dawn of time humans have have kind of had rituals um around bathing so it's a really really good thing to do and it does also really help um there have been studies that show that a warm bath um is equivalent to a hug in terms of uh, reducing loneliness and kind of helping to comfort um, and really provide that level of comfort. Um, if you have some, throw some um, magnesium or Epsom salts in. Um, be really generous with them. Unfortunately, you do need a good couple of cupfuls um, to really get the benefit. Um, but they're great as well for kind of soothing muscles. Um, and I also I like a morning bath as well as an evening bath. Interesting. First thing with some candles, no artificial light at all. Um, and my bath actually faces out of the window, so it's quite nice to open the window a little bit and just get hear the bird song in London, which we can hear constantly now. It's amazing. Yeah. And do you are you a person who brings a 
beverage to your bath? Um, yes, 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 and yes. So uh, morning would be, I do like a fresh ginger tea as my second tea. I have to have an Earl Grey tea first thing or I am just a horrible person to be around. I am addicted to it. Um, <laughs> so one of those is a good cup of tea. I like to have the radio on. Um, on a kind of classic FM style channel, or um, I do mention in the piece, the Gregorian monks chanting on Spotify. Until you've listened to it, do not judge. It is the most relaxing thing and it tunes into a rhythm of your heartbeat that really relaxes you. Um, but no phones otherwise. Um, and I like a beverage or in the evening, obviously I will enjoy a glass of wine in the bar. <laughs> no, that's. I think that's really, really interesting, and I, I, I think you know a lot of us are looking for things to do, looking for ways to reduce anxiety and to relax during this time. And actually, bathing has there's a real art to it, which you have explored, and it's probably one that not a lot of us would have really entertained the idea of before. But there is so much prep to go into or that could go into a really, really relaxing bath um, and make the difference, you know, from from literally letting yourself unwind to just sitting in the bath for a soak and being on your phone and not really gaining anything from it. Um, so I actually think that's really, really interesting. Um, and I will, I will take that on board when I run my bath later. Good, good, I'm glad. Um, well, on that super relaxing note, I think we can probably leave it there. Yeah, I think so. I hope that everyone's enjoyed um, enjoyed what we've talked about and that maybe we've given you some ideas in amongst all the um, puzzles and scrapbooking and um, re-spring re, re cleaning. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, we're all we're all busy and we're all doing things. Well, we're all trying to keep busy and we're all, you know, coming up with 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 various things to do. And and obviously with the social distancing and, and everybody working from home and being on lockdown, it's enabled us to record this podcast in a way that we wouldn't ordinarily have done so and also the the topic is different which we really hope you have enjoyed um and on that note if there's anything that you would like us to discuss or talk about write about um you know we would absolutely love to hear from you so please get in touch i will put our email address in the show notes and our instagram account so you can get in touch via that or twitter um i'll put all of the social handles there for you and yeah i mean i guess i hope you guys are all keeping well staying safe staying indoors when you can when you need to um and we will talk to you soon we will talk to you soon stay safe out there guys bye bye <laughs>